Hi, I'm Big Nakuruma. And I'm AudioNerd64. And we are in a new room and it's a little echoey. <laughs> Just a little bit. We're going to work on that. It's The boxes are not unpacked yet. We are not unpacked. Um, it's been a little bit, but we still have all the same content planned for you. Given the gap, I just want to start up front and say, we know the Game Awards happened. We know who won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. We saw all that Disney stuff. We know, but we're not going to talk about it in this episode. Yeah, there's a lot to catch up on. We're going to talk about it in the next episode. And that is not going to be very far away. So you'll get it soon and we'll talk about it soon. So we'll be like uh, a week late on, on that news. Which is fine. Lukewarm is what we do best. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you gotta let it. You gotta let the shit marinate for a little bit. I wouldn't personally let shit marinate, but um, anyway, logging on, we're talking World of Warcraft, Shadowlands, Empire of Sin, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, Cyberpunk 2077, Bioware, Halo Infinite, hashtag Free Melee. Fortnite, and Planet Coaster. In these past two weeks in nerddom, we're talking Elliot Page, Warner Brothers, The Mandalorian, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 3, Pokemon, <laughs> Ready Player 2, Monster Hunter, Naomi, Black Lightning, and the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Finally, mm. in a very special party chat, Jen friend of the show, friend of the Discord, returns and discusses all things Miles Morales with us, as well as some additional thoughts on Spiritfarer. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. It's a really good conversation, especially if you've heard her last appearance in the show, which we'll link in the show notes, yes. the last time we talked about a Spider-Man game. It's amazing. We have a Spider-Man correspondent. Our first correspondent. <laughs> Jen is... Jen is the Spider-Man correspondent. That's correct. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into this uh, with releases. World of Warcraft Shadowlands. It's out there. It's a big expansion. Yep. Yep. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I've got for that. Uh, Are people enjoying it? Do people like it? Yeah, it's, it's more World of Warcraft. I think that World of Warcraft is a lot like Destiny in the sense that new stuff comes out. Everyone gets really excited. They play it for a while. It gets a little old and other things come out and you move on and then it happens all over again. What a cycle. Sound, it's so yeah. exciting. That really makes me want to play both World of Warcraft <laughs> and Destiny. Uh, well, <laughs> I love that model. Uh, when I'm not hating it. And <laughs> I I know that I could have lost my life if I had gotten into World of Warcraft a little earlier. Um, oh, no, I know people who have like, it's bad. Absolutely. It's, bad. It, it's because of those people that I never picked it up because it actually would be something that I would 100% play. Mm. Although I would have had to become a PC gamer. Oh. Hmm. It's closer and closer every day. Empire of Sin also came out. Uh, I don't know what Empire of Sin is. You know, it didn't receive a lot of fanfare for some reason. I don't quite understand why. It's kind of like if XCOM met Civ, I guess. Um, I haven't played it yet, but it sounds really intriguing to me. It 
got very mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, some people saying it was just overly ambitious and kind of fell short. Some people feeling like it lived up to the ambition. You can certainly judge for yourself. I only know one person who is playing it and they're loving it. And that's how I actually learned as much as I know about it. So, um, oh, who's playing it? Kyle is playing it. Oh, your work friend, former, no, still friend, former work mm-hmm. friend. Got it. That's right. That's cute. Okay. Is it something that you think the gamer friend should check out? Are you going to check it out? Uh, can you describe the game? It's a, it's a, uh, I, I think if you like XCOM and you mm-hmm. like games like Civilization mm-hmm. and you like RPGs, okay, then it's something to investigate. Okay. Is it a devil game? Is it a devil game? I don't think so. It's a game of the devil. I think it's like, oh, the world is terrible kind of setting. Okay, well, that's <laughs> very descriptive. I haven't played it. I, I haven't played it. it. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising came out as well. It's getting incredible reviews. It is. Uh, definitely not something that, based on the trailers, I would have picked up. Yeah, I was actually kind of like, okay, mm. I'm out. Yeah, because it seems a little goofy. Or a little too... Not kiddish because I don't care about that, but just like I'm like, ah, this isn't. No, I, I you know think what I mean. Onto something, I think it came off as very cartoony, and it was marketed as very cartoony. The way that I've heard it described is if Zelda Breath of the Wild had more personality. Mm. Like, there's very little story in Breath of the Wild. Right. You are thrown into the world. You know what your ultimate goal is, and you're just kind of running around until you. Get figure there. out how to get there like and most complete it. Yeah. You don't have to do most of what's in Breath of the Wild as long as you can defeat Ganondorf. Right. So I guess this is similar in that way, except it is more story driven. So mm-hmm. all the mechanics are there mm-hmm. and the big fun open world is there and the crafting and all that kind of stuff. But it also has these story beats that Breath of the Wild is missing. Um, I wasn't expecting this to be any different, but apparently if Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild had a baby, it would be Immortals Phoenix Rising. Okay. Which endears That's me. That's definitely up your alley. 100%. That's partially up my alley. One of those parents I don't really fuck with. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. How about this? When you inevitably buy it on sale at some point, I will boot it up. That sounds like a fair bet of something that I would do. <laughs> um, I hope that I have some time for it. I I don't know how I'm going to, given everything else that I'm playing right now. Yeah, especially but... if it's going to take you 50,000 hours to complete the next game on this list. I don't well, know. Mm, we've learned... Well, Let's get into it. Cyberpunk came out. <laughs> We're living in a post-cyberpunk world. Oh, God. Um, Hard to overstate how, how big over-hyped. of a shit stain <laughs> CD Projekt Red left in this bed. Hmm. They shit the bed in a lot of ways here. They did. Where to even begin? 
I think first and foremost, I don't fuck with number scores. I think they're a relic, a relic, they're a thing of the past, antiquated, sort of very um, narrow view of what a review should be. Mm-hmm. That being said, maybe the seven out of ten that IGN so famously now has given the game might be. It's an inflation. I wasn't. <laughs> I was gonna say it's, it's it's at least warranted. I don't know if it's like too much. I don't. <sighs> so I I got to the title screen. So you spent ten hours in the game, right? And I have some thoughts. Mainly, like I feel forced to play this game, and <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not. Okay, this is how I feel about. Cyberpunk 2020, 2077 right now. It reminds me of The Life of Pablo. In that, super hyped. Definitely overhyped. Does it have its good moments? Sure. Are there things being fixed after the thing has already come out? Yes. A lot of them. Some might say, to a point, that it's uh, too much and that it shouldn't have been released. Maybe. I would say that. Because, you know, there were... Remember Kaya kept uploading and updating The Life of Pablo? Like, you I had stopped paying attention to him by then. Yeah, no, it was like, it was ridiculous. A lot of parallels here, but I think the, the question that comes to mind is, does these great moments, or do these great moments make a great album or a great video game? I'm leaning towards no. But I do want to play more of it before I make that determination, because literally, like, the... 52 hours to get to the title screen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the decent amount of time it takes to get to the title screen is literally just the prologue. Like, shit, it's the fan, and then the story really begins. So, I want to give it a fair shake, I guess, but... Ugh. I ended up playing it. I feel as though this game... <laughs> is decidedly not a next-gen game on console. I know a lot of PC players are having completely different experiences. It's also... Have, oh, sorry. Also, just to, just to butt in for one moment, the, I've seen screenshots from PC compared to like just the Xbox Series X, and it's night and day. I couldn't believe some... Obviously, this was like... And then on PS4, it looks like you know a PS1 game. So it's like... Three different experiences are happening for one game. It's wild. It shouldn't have been released this year. Uh, it was greed that led to this decision being made. CD Projekt Red is one of the most profitable and wealthiest companies making video games in the entire industry. It's the industry that makes the most money overall, overall entertainment. Like CD Projekt Red had the money to sit on this for another year. And it needed another year. It should have never been released on base PS4 or base Xbox One. It should have only ever been released on One X and PS4 Pro. And that's a stretch because I know plenty of people who have those consoles and are still having major issues, even after the console patches, even after the day one bullshit, all that kind of stuff. Like there are, frankly, an irresponsible and unacceptable amount of bugs, even in my playthrough. Now, the thing is, 
I'm on a next-gen console, but this is not a next-gen version of the game. PC has basically a completely different version of the game. Right. They, too, are struggling to keep 60 frames a second without using special features. Like, you cannot just have an out-of-the-box good experience with this game, no matter what you're running it on. And it's just virtually unplayable on most consoles. And frankly, if I didn't have a next-gen console, I don't think that I would even be bothering. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't have a next-gen console. Goddamn bots. And, like, it's running okay. Like, there definitely, like, there was, like, a bug where, like, I had to, there was a sequence where you have to put clothes on and, like, the clothes didn't show up. So my guy was just, like, walking around with his dick out, uh, even though I selected the clothes. <laughs> They're, like, guns not showing up. So you just see, like, the hands and you can't shoot anything. Uh, it was just, like, not anything that, like, really broke the game too much. Like, I definitely had, like, some, cr- like, a crash or two. So, I don't know. I think if, like, I didn't have access to the game because you paid for it, I probably would have waited. Our friend Jack had a game-breaking bug. He had to restart his game because a car that he had to get in to complete a mission didn't spawn. And no amount of reloading fixed the issue. And because he wasn't obsessively manually saving, he didn't have a manual save to go back to. And I I just think that's unacceptable. And that's a next-gen console bug. Yeah. That didn't happen on base Xbox or Series X. I'm sorry, base Xbox or Xbox One X. It happened on the next gen box. So I I just think a lot of this stuff is unacceptable. And you're right. Most of the bugs are not game breaking the way that that one, you know, was for him. But for me, it's like all the little things like just floating cell phones, people who stop for a little bit they shouldn't have been stopped and then they skate until they catch up to where the game thinks that they should be i'm trying to go talk to certain people uh and the game is directing me to talk to them but i can't talk to them for some reason there's just dumb shit you know adding up and creating i think a negative experience for me to the point where most of my gaming time in the past 24 hours has actually been on other games i played apex i played destiny like i haven't been drawn in to cyberpunk because of a lot of these bugs and also something that we've kind of discussed offline but um i want to touch on here we we will be having a long form discussion about this game so this is not all of the stuff that we have to say about it but the last thing i'll say is that gta for all of its flaws understands that it is south park and understands the role that it's playing and I think also is projecting onto its audience what kind of statement it's making. Right. A lot of the statements in GTA are not pointed statements. They're satirical statements. Yeah, it's a total parody. And it doesn't take itself very seriously. Right. GTA is a fun world to be in because it is a ridiculous exaggeration of our culture. Right. And it doesn't make the culture any worse than what it is. It just is different and and more concentrated. Cyberpunk, to me, feels like a dark picture of the future 
and not in a fun satirical way, but in a holy shit, this is probably what it's actually going to be like for a lot of people living in the future. Um, not 2077. I don't think it's going to be that short of a time period before we get to this, but like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not fun to me to be walking around and see people living in filth. And this is like the so-called pinnacle of the civilization at that point. That's just really depressing. I'm going to play some more of it, but I do think that I'm going to be taking my time with this in a way that I don't know. A lot of other people are going to be taking their time with it. Um, We did learn that you don't have to spend 150 hours to finish the game. You can finish the story in as little as 20 hours. If you power right through it, um, that is a pretty reasonable length, but apparently the beauty of this game comes from all the side content. There are like really well-written exchanges. There are some really interesting characters being developed. I'm further than Cedric is, but I'm not that much further. I don't know. I'm not like writing the game off as a whole, but if I had to give it a score right now, it would not be seven (laughs) out of 10. Uh, And unless something amazing happens with the performance of this game, I don't, even think it's going to crack my top three for game of the year oh hell no it's just too unsatisfying in terms of the bugginess of it it's really bad i think this makes top 10 like sorry like as interesting as i think the story might end up being um it's not it's not this is not the game of a generation. No, it's not. It was completely overhyped. Sorry. And like, maybe, I don't even, I don't know. I don't think the fixes that need to happen will change that. Because exactly. we're not, also not going to see them for however the fuck long it's going to take for them to actually do that. So, Fixing the bugs is not going to add public transportation. It's not going to add driving AI. It's not going to stop people from saying nonsensical things to you. It's not going to cause the cops to suddenly start caring if you do something. Like these are big things that GTA did almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And there's no excuse for why it's not in this game. Period. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I'm interested in having like the longer conversation, which will happen soon. And I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about with the context with Watch Dogs being out mm-hmm. and a fully fleshed out, completed game. Yep. <laughs> Where everything works. Yeah. The I way mean, it was supposed to. <laughs> there's just no comparison. Yeah. I mean, I also, I do want to point out too that also this game cyberpunk specifically leans heavily in rpg territory so like you know you kind of like suck at things at first which i also get and also it's a design philosophy that you don't have to agree with true i just like want to put it out there that i'm not like writing it off just because it's difficult or like things aren't as easy off the jump and like i get maybe that's part of the experience i just wanted to like put that out there i just didn't want to yeah dismiss that and like a noob we're not anyway we're not haters no i think that this is just our genuine reaction to being pretty fucking disappointed the fact that they crunched for this is embarrassing (sighs) yeah moving Moving on on. (laughs) 
Moving on. Um, More disappointment. <laughs> but like, holy shit, maybe this is for the fucking best. I don't know. Halo Infinite got delayed until fall of 2021, basically a full year. Yeah, which is probably what they needed. But also like. I mean, they're going to look great next yeah. year when it comes out and it actually looks doesn't the way that suck. it's supposed to and doesn't suck and it's not a buggy mess. People are going to be like, well, good thing they delayed. Yeah. Maybe Cyberpunk should have fucking delayed. Yeah. So I'm, uh, what can I say? I'm disappointed, but honestly, good for them. Yeah. Please take as long as you need. Yeah. Please stop rushing these games out. You're only going to ruin your reputation. Yeah. Speaking of ruined reputations <laughs> and more disappointment, this is what I was saying more disappointment toward both things, but specifically for me, this uh, over at BioWare, Casey Hudson and Mark Dara are out. Those were very big names if you are a Mass Effect fan. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, for the Mass Effect community, people are like, oh, what's good with these remakes? Oh, what's good with this Game Awards teaser that y'all dropped? Miss Liara to Sony was good. Um, and we don't know. It's going to be <laughs> what it is, I guess. I'm like not happy that they brought these people back in so these games don't suck. And now they left. And now I'm like, great, am I going to get another Andromeda? Am I going to get another I mean, that stuff happened while they were there, though, right? Um, Not Andromeda, but... Uh, I don't think they were involved in Oh my god, was he? He was. <sighs> Fuck. Y'all, being a gamer is hard. It's definitely a mixed bag. Fuck! I found it really funny, though, that the one of the actors from Dragon Age or whatever was like, good fucking riddance, blah, blah, blah. And now all of his, like, Trump stuff has come out. And <laughs> it was really a self-own. Oh, no. One of them was basically like, you're never going to work for Bioware again. <laughs> That's rough. You fumble. Fumbled the Telfar. How you pronounce it? Telfar? I don't know. I try to use a different bag no, you name. Don't. You say Birkin every time. No, I said phone with the Michael Kors. <laughs> <laughs> I pronounced that one. Either way, it's definitely a, a, a bittersweet day at Bioware. Uh, mm. People are really excited about these new Mass Effect properties. Uh, the remake, R? the four have been, was are forever. Formerly. For me, personally. Whatever. I'm upset. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that excitement is still there, but now there are definitely some question marks about what it is that you're going to be getting. I think all video games are just going to be bad. Like, all video games are approaching the singularity where they're all just going to be one game, and that one game is going to be bad. <laughs> I don't know. We've played some really exceptional games this year, too. Yeah, I know. I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> it's 2020. Let me have it. Um, speaking of things that we cannot have, <laughs> hashtag free melee is a worldwide movement. Um, ugh. and Nintendo is becoming a little bit of a villain in their own little pocket of the world. Um, have you, are, are you aware of this? Should I explain the whole thing? Basically like the Smash community specifically wants to do really big, you know, competitions, esport kind of things. 
And Nintendo has never supported them in doing that. So a lot of the stuff, everything that is Smash esports related is done completely on its own. It's not sanctioned. It's not sponsored. Nintendo doesn't fuck with that shit at all. That is the preface for all this has been. It's a lot of drama over the years, many, many years. As long as Smash has been out, people have been upset that Nintendo does not want to or care to support an esports thing. So there is a um, mod, a script, a program of some kind that essentially stabilizes older versions of Super Smash for competitive tournaments. Oh, Project M. I don't know what it's called. It's called Project I M. I think it is that. Yeah, I've played it. It's great. So there's that, and it also adds some characters, like unofficially, right, into the game. Yeah. So Nintendo, for whatever reason, has decided that 2020 is the year where they really need to put a stamp on all that shit. And well, yeah, because that Project that M stopped being, being like updated by the mods that were working on it uh, a while ago. I think maybe like four or five years ago. So like if you have a copy of it. It's like, also rare. Yeah, it's yeah. super rare now. Like back when I first played it in college, like, you know, you could access it pretty easily. But now it does not exist. So if you have that or have access to it, make, I guess make a copy unofficially. <laughs> so <laughs> Nintendo shut down a pretty big tournament with a huge prize pool because they were going to be using this program. And obviously the Smash people got really upset and they've been doing hashtag free melee for a while uh, because of this. And it has now spread and the Splatoon folks have jumped in and basically stood in solidarity with them. (laughs) So there was this big Splatoon tournament that was supposed to happen a few weeks ago and Nintendo canceled it the day before because all of the people who submitted team names into the tournament all the team names were like hashtag free melee or some variant of that wow like some like more than half of all the teams were showing solidarity to the melee community and the smash community broadly so nintendo canceled the splatoon thing (laughs) and now it is just like off to the races there are people who are really like ready to go to war with nintendo and i I, I love Super Smash. I also am not obsessed with it in the way that some people are. And I follow the scene in the sense that I watch YouTube video compilations. You follow Smash like I follow The Sims. Like, sure. I'm maybe entertained is not the right word, but like I am entertained by the drama in The Sims world. Yes. Or at least interested in it in a similar, yeah. I definitely am entertained by this a great deal. So, uh, there's no resolution. It's an ongoing skirmish. Uh, we're just letting you know about about this wonderful drama that you can follow on the internet if you I want. I just like don't understand like what is the hesit. I can't think of like why they don't want to support an esports community. Probably because they're a little toxic. Uh, uh, yes, and who isn't? Not in like a dismissive, like, well, toxicity is going to happen anyway. But there are ways to curb that. A. I don't know. B, I, I, I don't think, think it's like. Don't, I don't think that they want esports to be their a thing. thing that they do. But why would they do it for Splatoon? 
Hmm. I don't know. For me, it's like Apex is like, you know, you, you we are like watching ALGS all the time. And like, you know, I'm not involved in the Apex community like that. But like, you know, people are happy and like supportive and blah, 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 community, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you go on comms. <laughs> you listen to yeah. what the teams are saying. And some of them are talking mad shit. Maybe it's just so, because it's an old version of the game. Like maybe they wouldn't. Oh, like the unsanctioned. This. Well, maybe they wouldn't be doing this if all of the tournaments were Super Smash Ultimate. Then maybe they wouldn't care as much. Maybe. Now I have another thought is maybe they just don't want to do the upkeep. Like the Apex devs have to balance competitive and not competitive play styles in like the development and continual development of the game. Whereas, like, if you don't have an esports community that you support, you don't have to deal with that. And you don't have to use and spend resources to, like, do that, too. I don't know. I thought that they do balance, though. <sighs> I mean, yeah, because it's a game. Like you, ha- I don't know. I just, like, don't know if it's as... In- like, I feel like Apex is, like, a really intense example of, like, you know, there's, like, meta that they're always, like, you know, fucking with. and Not fucking with, but, like, that- working on... That's kind of the problem, though. Like, people who don't play competitively get pissed off that edits and yeah. nerfs and buffs are made because of what's going on in competitive play. But they don't, like, not everything that they do is for competitive play. Like, you know, we were just, like, watching one thing, and they're like, some characters are, we know that some characters are not going to be used competitively, like Mirage. So, like, I don't know. I can't, like, we can sit here and speculate till the cows come home, but it is just disappointing and weird that they just don't give a fuck about <laughs> people who want to engage in their game. Yeah. So. Free Melee. Power to the people. Power to the gamers. <laughs> Fortnite. Uh, the Marvel season is ending. We didn't really talk about it because we don't play Fortnite, uh, but they did have a Marvel season and you fought Galactus at the end. And then the screen how does that play. work i thought it was pvp i don't know fortnite don't be know. doing For- shit fortnite is i think it's gotten this. to the point where it's like so fortnite is what fortnite is and like i'm past the point of being able to feel like i can <laughs> enter <laughs> you know? i mean i guess seasons are good if you jumping wanted. in point I, yeah I, I have no interest in building that's the whole reason why i don't play fortnite and never got into it um this new season, they're doing like classics, like legends of gaming. So like Master Chief is in it and Kratos is in it. The Mandalorian is going to be in it. I, I'm <laughs> Who sure has I'm not more. been in Fortnite? It's like, it's like Smash. Well, that's what it's becoming. Sheesh. Um, but yeah, if you uh, would like to play as any of those iconic characters in Fortnite, Fortnite, you can the ability to do that with the new season. Have fun. Yeah, I hope you have fun. I, I hope you really love it. Finally, Planet Coaster. There's a little bit of drama. So oh. on the same day as the next gen console launches, Planet Coaster launched for console, which is something that I've been waiting for for a long time, because as we all know, I don't have a PC that can really play it. And part of that is just like CD Skyline, just like other building games, there's a build limit baked in. And okay. if you don't have a powerful enough PC to get to the build limit, you're just never really going to see it because your game performance is going to get so bad before you get there that you're going to have to give up. 
So right. I was excited for a console version because, oh, I don't have to worry about performance. It's going to run just fine. I'm going to mm-hmm. be able to build whatever I want, et cetera, et cetera. No. Do you wait? You thought no build limit. I, it's not that I didn't think there was a build limit. It's just that the build limit for consoles is really small. It is much smaller than on like a shitty than on PC. PC. Well, the build limit is the build limit. There's no. Oh, it's not based on like you have this much RAM. You correct. Can do this. Okay, got it. Got it. It's just that your game will slow down to the point where it's like unplayable way before you get to the build limit if you don't have a good PC. Got it. Just like in City Skylines, you know, if you get your population to like two hundred thousand and you don't have a good PC. <laughs> I don't know how much more building you're going to be doing, right. even if you're not close to the build limit. So the console build limit is so small that people are like not really able to build full parks in it. And it's really oh. pissing a lot of people off who have been waiting for this console version for a long time. It is also on Game Pass and no one knew that. They didn't announce it ahead of time. So they had a bunch of people who pre-ordered slash bought the game, Uh, not aware that it was going to be out on Game Pass. And then, surprise, you could have gotten the ship for free. Or included with. That's fucked up. You know, it's funny. I um, was just thinking about Game Pass here because now like Jedi Fallen Order is on there and like Super Hot is on there. And I'm like, damn. If I'm not going to immediately play these games, I think I might just actually wait and see if it hits Game Pass first. It's like getting to a point where I'm like, damn, what am I spending all this money for? Exactly. I mean, for like triple A shit, like I don't care about super hot. Like I'm happy to throw, you know, indie developers 20, 25 bucks, but like 60 for a game that I'm going to just like play for, you know, the first 25% of it so I can talk about it and then not touch it until I've finished with the rest of my backlog. Fuck, I'll just wait. Shit. Yeah. The shit simmer. Damn. I uh, agree with you. I think a lot more people, especially after this Cyberpunk launch, are going to be doing stuff like that. Yeah. Are going to be waiting I for I don't know if it's like a good or a bad thing. I think pre-ordering games as a rule is probably bad unless you know 100%. It's not going to suck shit. Well, it's not even about not sucking shit. It's like, I'm going to buy whatever Destiny comes out with because I know it's going to, I'm committed to destiny and I know what I'm going to get. I might not like the campaign. I might not like the weapons. I might not like how they do the seasons at the end of the day. Destiny is destiny and I'm getting more of destiny. So even if I quote unquote, don't like it, it's not going to be so bad that I, you know, want a refund. Unlike how, you know, a lot of people felt with Anthem exactly or Avengers. I would have absolutely gotten a refund for Anthem. If I, yeah, <laughs> which, yo, which was kind of like fucked up because I there was a beta that I played and I was like, oh, this is actually not going to be bad. Like, I didn't feel the same way about Ant- that I felt about Avengers after playing the beta. Like, I still kept the pre-order. Which I didn't realize after the beta with them that we had basically seen 99% of the game. Well, yeah. <laughs> that I think that was, was the other issue. Left out. Apparently, Avengers is getting better. I'm still going to wait till that shit is like $20. I'll be waiting until DLC is included. Xbox. 
I'm boycotting yeah, yeah, that game yeah. on principle and the fact that it is not doing well and everyone hates it is merely schadenfreude for me. Sorry for everyone who loves it. Specifically nerdy. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a special shout out. <laughs> you should laugh if you feel bad. Oh, I do feel bad. Um, one last thing before we before we get nerdy. Mm-hmm. Not get but yeah something positive to say about Facebook which what doesn't I know I don't think that's it's exciting well I mean it's capitalism so it's, it's... yes the, the thing is <laughs> as good as this is it is also bad <laughs> but please please uh, they have a new program Facebook gaming to help pay black streamers to go full time uh, and this is going to stretch apparently to street black streamers from all sort of like audience counts audience counts and like using the game it's not just going to be like the top top people um there's going to be a lot of money too so that's exciting to see if you uh are black and want to be a streamer and are willing to stream on Facebook gaming it could be a good option for you it could be i mean some people might not want to fuck with twitch Fuck with Facebook Gaming, try to get you some coin, get you, get you a, a little coach, get you, get you, get you a little coach. Read and, the fine print, though. <laughs> well, always read the fine print. Because I don't trust Facebook at all. You know. <laughs> These past two weeks in Nerdum, we have a lot to talk about. Let's try to get through it in a timely manner. Okay. Elliot Page. Star of hits such as X-Men and the Umbrella Academy. Kitty Pride is a trans icon, and that's really what I wanted to say. It's a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. Kitty Pride, I hope, is going to return to the MCU. I think that would be great. And Elliot should definitely reprise the role. Oh, yeah. I forgot that we're that the multiverse is confirmed, basically, and that mutants are just going to pop right on in, basically. Yeah, let's get into that. So, first, the next for Spider Man 3, that is primarily going to star Tom Holland, maybe, Sony has now confirmed that a whole bunch of people from basically all the other movies. Has Sony confirmed it? I think, I think Sony confirmed Garfield, McGuire, Stone, uh, Dunst, the. Melina. Yes. Um, Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Fox. Fox. I think that's it. As far as like people who from other Spider-Mans mm-hmm. are going to be in this movie. Did they, did they confirm Daredevil or is that just, un, is that like, <sighs> I don't rumor, remember. But every other rumor has been also true. I, I don't remember which who could, who, I think that one is still a rumor. Of course, Doctor Strange is still going to be in it. Uh, the Discord was a buzz that if Daredevil's in it, Fisk could be in it. Fisk could be in it as a member of the Sinister Six. All I know is, oh shit! All I know is that I'm. It's funny that we're all getting very excited about this because it's literally just going to be cameos, which is fine. If I get to see Andrew Garfield in his Spider-Man suit again, that's fine with me. Just for like two seconds. It was an excellent suit. Is when they still use cloth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wasn't just computer generated graphics. Okay. Just saying. Okay. 
Let's get you to bed. It grandma. was a formative time in in my life. <laughs> Stop <laughs> lusting after no, Andrew Garfield's no. Spider-Man. Um, I'm <laughs> extremely hype about this. It was so obvious that this was happening. It seems so clear <laughs> that it was going to happen. My whole life, I've just been waiting for this moment. There were a ton of other related <laughs> confirmations in that Disney shareholder call um, that we already said that we're not going to talk about in this episode. But when we, when we do talk oh. about it, uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll circle back and, and how I think this is going to all center around the Spider-Man 3. It's going to be really good. I'm very excited. Lots of multiverse of madness. Lots of great stuff. I don't know, but also, I just feel like this could get fucked up real quickly. And I hope, I just want them to do it right. You know what? We say that every time and every time. I know, but this is different. Why? Because it's the multiverse. We've seen how some people handle multiverses. (laughs) You're right. And Mm -hmm. those people are not employed by Marvel because Marvel knows what they're doing. Mm. I have all of the faith and they better not make me eat crow. It just makes me nervous. I'm so nervous. Anyway. Speaking of that other company, there's a lot of WB slash DC news in this uh, little nerddom section. (sighs) Let's just, let's go from the top. We'll go right into it. The WB is going to be releasing all of their stuff for 2021 at home. On HBO Max. And in theaters. It's going to be both. It is going to be both. But but nobody's going to go to a... Because they're all going to be closed. (sighs) So it's interesting. So at first I was like, oh, great. I can like watch all these new things without having to put myself in harm's risk of catching a deadly virus mm-hmm. that's fantastic it is uh and i was like you know and then christopher nolan started talking about it and he's like oh this is so bad warner brothers sucks they suck boohoo now i am going to say a good thing about christopher nolan mind you this is the person that did want us to go risk catching a deadly virus to go see his little time bendy backwards forwards movie tenant Mm-hmm. Which is not happening. I'm still waiting for that to come out on mm-hmm. VOD, so I could just watch. Didn't it, it already do that? Did it? I had to watch it. Oh, I was yeah. remember we saw the preview for it before the uh-huh. Star Wars movie that shall not be named, and I was like, I'm so here. I was so excited. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. COVID and the pandemic. Uh, so that being said, Christopher Nolan, whatever. Um, but he brought up a good point, which was about how. Royalties work for everyone that's involved. So like apparently, like when you know a movie gets like syndicated 10, 20 years down the line after it comes out, everyone that worked on it for the most part, unless you know, I don't know, whatever. He like made this the the distinction of just like, oh, like the person who played like this waiter for like 10 minutes in the movie would also still get something 20 years down the road. And because of everything with streaming is that that sort of structure doesn't exist anymore. So it could potentially be really catastrophic for like, not like Gal Gadot who, you know, made, that was it 10, 20 mil 
off of them deciding to put it on HBO Max instead of releasing it in theaters. I don't. It's just know like it's a about- un- yeah, it's like a union thing. It like sub it like skirts over all the union protections that a normal theatrical release would have. I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I don't want to do that. I will say that if unions couldn't see something like this coming, pandemic or not, that's kind of on them. And I'm not saying it's right. And obviously, like corporations and capitalism are like, you're not going to hear me defending any of that stuff. And also, as a former union rep, I am taught to predict industry trends and patterns. And as soon as I see an inkling of something that might have an impact on a contract, share it with my colleagues and brainstorm about whether or not we need to do something about it, whether proactive right then and there or reactive at the next point where we're negotiating contract. Mm. So to say that unions representing film crews and stuff like that were caught with their pants down on this, that is an indictment of those unions, in my opinion. Okay. Elsewhere in the DC universe, if you like black people... Well, you're not going to get any more Black Lightning, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. Uh, the its fourth season will be its last one, but a spinoff show with one of the characters whose name I can't remember mm. is happening. Ring endorsement. I, well, it's just so much shit. It's so like I, I, I forgot about the Superman and Lois show that's happening. <sighs> It's just, it's, it's, I don't know how anyone keeps up with the, what the CW, DC Universe is, what the Arrowverse, sorry, is going through at all times. I don't know how people do it. The CW is basically just becoming the Arrowverse channel. Like, how do they, <laughs> how do they have enough time every week to air all of this? I don't even know. I don't know. And I know we're not talking about Disney Plus stuff today, but like the shit that they announced as far on the TV side, I'm like, oh. I hope I can keep up with it because all that stuff is going to drop pretty much at once. Right. And then it's all pretty spaced out too. I, I can't imagine keeping up with Arrowverse in season where there's 20 something episodes of (laughs) each of these shows and they're all running at the same time. It's I'm, I mean, I, I don't keep up with it. I can't. And that explains why uh, black lightning wasn't in, what was it called? Multiple. Oh, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Infinite, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why he wasn't in it? Oh, because they were like, well, we're going off this nigga anyway. Uh, well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Because he really did come in as like the magical Negro. He did. Uh, <sighs> Duvernay is also coming in as a magical Negro. And uh, I guess is going to helm the Naomi adaptation at the CW. Um I haven't read any of Naomi. We did talk about her when she was introduced into the DC Comics universe last year, I believe. So clearly popular enough for them to do something with her right away, or they canceled the Black People show and so they need another Black person. Either or, we'll never know. We'll never know, but it's coming. The Snyder Cut. uh, Also, apparently, I I have to be fair. I was clowning. You were. Apparently more than half of the Snyder Cut is new footage. So it's never been seen before. Unclear how a movie as long as the Justice League has an extra that amount of that amount of 
hours more of rough I footage. Or not rough, but you cannot. Know. I don't understand it. I don't know why anyone's excited for this either because, like, <laughs> we just watched another Cosmonaut Variety Hour recap of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It he made hilarious. a lot of points. And I got very sad thinking about everything that they're doing over there with these characters. It's going to be real bad. I cannot (laughs) wait to watch it. (laughs) Once I finally fucking finish reading Watchmen, I actually should watch Zack Snyder's Watchmen film to see if it butchers the characters of the way that he definitely butchers both Batman and Superman. Yeah. I think he. Uh, I think he's gonna. Honest, it like sucks. I feel like Wonder Woman is the only character they got right, and that's because Zach didn't touch her at all. True. Like it was just it was Patty Jenkins, and then you just was like, all right, pop her in, and then pop her right the fuck back out. We got this. But like Zach handled every. Oh God, it's gonna suck. Uh, any other sad DC news? No, that was it on the DC news. Great. Uh, Ready Player Two came out. And is awful. Everyone is posting excerpts that are really terrible. The <laughs> references are... He's literally beating you over the head with the references this time. It's not even... Like, I mean, need- the first one wasn't subtle either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's hilarious. I'll, I'll find and link in the show notes some of the worst offenders. Um, friend of the show, Optimal Protocol, read it. And has been filling me in because I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh no! After seeing the first movie, I was like, "The source material for this can't be good." I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe it. Oh god! Oh man! Um, video game books. <laughs> in Pokemon news and non-game Pokemon news, as an avid Pokemon card collector, I have what must be one of the few remaining cadabras uh before everything got shut down someone made some kind of copyright claim about cadabra specifically and what so there's three original like the original 150 there's abra base and then cadabra secondary and then uh kazam wait Oh my goodness, Alakazam. This noob. As the uh, final evolution of that tree. Mm -hmm. And Kadabra, for whatever reason, for a long time, was not allowed to be printed on cards because of some kind of like copyright claim or issue or. or Got it. Someone was like, I made this character. You can't. Something like that. Got it. So uh, that's, that's gone now. The guy who put the claim on was just like, I had to change your heart. <laughs> just just straight up like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> after after like 15 years. Oh, no. I would have had to click some kind of. Well, clearly he wasn't going to get any money because it's been so long. I couldn't think of a bag name. Wow. That's why I was like. That's why you paused. And, and That's embarrassing for you. What's another? You don't even know. Just keep saying Birkin. I don't know. No, why no. Keep, I don't know why you're pretending. What do you mean? I don't know about bags. I said coach already. Ask Cardi B. That was she posted the picture. Did you see the picture of the bag? Monster Hunter. Deconstructed Ugg boot. It's disgusting. Monster Hunter. <laughs> 
is the final thing on our list here. It looks terrible. The movie. The movie, yes. We, the movie. Oh, duh, because we're in nerddom. Sorry. I mean, well, that well, was more for me than the listeners. I'm so sorry. I feel like the <laughs> listeners were like, yeah, the movie that's coming out with T.I. using his big words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, there was just some casual racist comment against Asian people. And so China pulled the movie what? and it started getting review bombed from Asia. Wait. You're not going to tell me. Are you fucking... Mm-hmm. Completely serious. In the movie. In the movie. And the cast, when they were asked about it, they were just kind of like, oh, we just say the words. Well, not T.I. Because I feel like T.I. definitely looks at his lines and I'm like, excuse me, all of these words don't have enough syllables in them. Can you please <laughs> replace them with words that have more syllables in them? I've been practicing. True. True. T.I. Uh, definitely wants to get his uh, enunciations in. That's fucked up. It's extremely fucked up. What? But the movie does have palicos, I've learned. Great. Racism in palicos. We love <laughs> What a combo. Uh, they well, no one was going to see this movie anyway, so. Right? I'm not going to watch this shit. Yeah, they, they pulled the line, and it um, is still not getting well-reviewed. So I'm not going to risk coronavirus to, to watch this, um, and I don't think that I ever will watch it. Yeah, I mean, the coronavirus is enough, but I feel like also risking an extreme amount of boredom Correct for however long this film's duration is of T.I. using big words. It just looks like if Michael Bay adapted Monster Hunter, and I am not interested in that. There are a lot of, there's not explosions in the Monster Hunter game, but I feel like they would work their way into this movie if you describe it. They were in the trailer. I, saw, I feel like I oh, saw an explosion was. in the trailer. I don't know. So don't much know. explosion. Who knows? Who knows? You ever sit there and think about how Michael Bay got famous off Got Mill? No. Yeah. I don't want to think about that, though. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I don't want to think about it. I guess it's time for party chat now. Yeah, why don't you drop some music? Yeah, sure. So excited to welcome back longtime friend of the show, year one guest. That's right, an OG. We had her on to talk about Spider-Man, and we have another Spider-Man to talk about, and we brought her back. Look at our consistency. You'd love to see it. Jen, thank you so much for being willing to come back. We appreciate you so much. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I want to thank you both for having me back. I've been really looking forward to this, both oh. the game and talking about it. Yes. Oh. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside this for has this been holiday in the works season. for quite a while. It has been. So, where should we even begin with Spider-Man Miles Morales? <laughs> well... No bowl cuts this time around, so that's not a good jumping off point. Spoiler alert! No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The haircuts are clean. Clean cuts. Nice fades. Okay, so I feel like I need to put, like, 
a warning up, not a spoiler warning. Okay. This is so I don't hurt Insomniac's feelings. Okay. I might say some mean things, but I really enjoyed this game. It's fine. You said mean things about Spider-Man, like the comic run last time. Like, it's fine. Offend that, you know, we're here to be provocative, say things and push the buttons. You know, we don't hold things back here on Gamer Friends. The new Pete? I think I decided, thank God we don't see much of him. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he changed, but when they changed him in the flashback at the start, we previously done Spider-Man. And it's all the same video footage, except different face. They deep-faced it. I'm sure they just changed the model. Every time his face popped up, I'm like, I have to be reminded that they changed it. Every time. One of the first lines in the game is like, I've been doing this for eight years. And I'm like, how? You're 14. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. So That's the big problem with the Pete change, because that was like, Postgraduate Pete in the first game. Right. He should be tired and wrinkly and old. Damn. Mm-hmm. There was I, nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with that man's face. I, I just, if I ever meet that man, I just would be like, I'm so sorry what they did to you because the, <laughs> there was no need for that. It I makes, feel like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go. Oh, okay. So I got this weird kind of sense that for this one, they kind of, I mean, okay, so the first game was a very unique new Marvel thing. Right? right? I mean, definitely Spider-Man, definitely not the comics, definitely not the MCU. It worked really well, I it thought. Did. Yeah. This one, it feels like you're trying to tie together the Tom Holland Spider-Man, the MCU ones, with the Spider-Verse one in some ways. Yes. I that was kind that. of a disappointment. How so? I like the idea of this having a unique voice. I like this being its own thing as opposed to, say, the Avengers game that came out recently, which was very obviously supposed to be an MCU thing, but um, for whatever reason, they couldn't make it an MCU thing. So it came out as like this Kmart MCU thing. <laughs> no, not Kmart. Oh, no. Shit. It's a blue light special. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was really good for GoBots, but GoBots still has an upper limit in quality. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That didn't ruin anything, but I mean, it was just, it was a very different tone. Mm. I think that it was really interested in trying to almost undo some of what the first game's characterization of Miles was because mm-hmm. he had to lead this one. And in the last one, he was extremely dependent on Peter in a lot of ways. And he had some of those independent moments. But for the most part, you know, he was kind of like he just lost his dad. He was pretty depressed. Like there was there was just not much to go on outside of Peter. And so to get rid of Peter so early, I think is maybe what contributed to some of this. If Peter had been around a little bit longer in the story and maybe there was a little more urgency in why Peter was gone, then maybe the tone would have been a little bit easier to digest. Mm -hmm. I think another big difference that kind of ties into that is the Peter Miles scenes, the Peter Mary Jane scenes in the first one. They weren't the most fun sequences to play through. 
but they really reinforce this idea of he's not alone in this. Yes. Mm. And we did not get any Miles and Genki action sequences. It was just getting funny messages from Genki. But, I mean, there's cutscenes. You see him in the game. But I don't think there were any scenes where you had to play as anyone other than Miles, were there? Um, no, you never got to play as anyone other than Miles. There is a sequence later in the game that I won't say too much about because Cedric definitely hasn't gotten there where you are assisting someone get through an area in the same way that you assist Mary Jane in, mm, yes. uh, in the Grand Central Terminal mission. Yep. And that I actually noticed was the only time that anything like that happened. And I'm mm. wondering if Insomniac negatively reacted to some of the critique of that gameplay because a lot of the capital G gamers never wanted to leave Peter. And so they got a lot of flack for having us play, quote unquote, so much as Mary Jane. <laughs> really? Yeah. People said that. That's, so that's annoying. Oh, man. That's so much. They literally said that it was too much. Those are really good sequences. They really help establish characterization. Exactly. I, I completely agree. And again, I think that to a certain to a certain segment of the population, it's not going to be a quote unquote Spider-Man game unless you're always Spider-Man. And I think in some ways, the shortcomings of this game directly come out of that critique and I, I think they overcompensated and mm. suffered for it because a lot of the critique that I'm hearing from game reviewers and fans of the series are that you know there are some underdeveloped characters overall in this game and some are attributing that to the time that there's just right. less time in the game for them to do that um, but I, I'm a little worried that it's because of the critiques that they got from the original game. Mm -hmm. I think that ties into all the other big gripes about this one. And Jordan can maybe set me straight if I'm wrong. This game was way shorter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, I would say that this game was probably about the length of the three DLCs stitched together. Okay. Yeah. And I think the DLCs were maybe what, like a half, a solid half of the overall gameplay of of the first base game? Mm. I feel like maybe not quite that much. I mean, there's two big things that are missing, and I'm not sure how I feel about the missing. The challenges. Mm, yeah. You have the, the three tutorial challenges, which were fun and tricky. And I don't know that I want more screwball challenges. <laughs> <laughs> what a character. More screwball next <laughs> next game, Insomniac. But like, yeah, it felt like I was just going from mission to mission constantly. And there there weren't even that many hideouts, I feel like, compared to the first one. No, there were not. I, I would say that the side content was severely diminished. There's just much less of it. And also, you don't really need it unless you plan on unlocking all of the suits. Um, if you're going for platinum, you certainly need to clear the map, but because I intend on getting a PS five and then replaying the first game and then replaying miles Morales on the new hardware, um, I decided I, I made an active decision not to clear the map on this and instead to focus on the story, which is how I got through it so fast. Um, <laughs> and it definitely, it, it would probably take a good afternoon for you to do everything in this one. Whereas 
in the first game, you know, is at least a few days of, of mm-hmm. side content. Um, maybe I'm underselling it a little bit. Maybe it was like a day's worth of side content in this, but it really was, uh, I think significantly shorter than the first one. Speaking of PS4 versus PS5, I really want to hear what it's like with the changes are on PS5 because I don't know if you remember. I can't, uh, they put out a promo indicating how, how quick loading times will be on PS5 in this one compared to the other one. Do you remember seeing that? I do. Where it's uh, Miles shooting out of the, uh, the building after clearing it, and it's no seamless. load. Yep. Do you remember that part in this game on PS4? It was also seamless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the gamer gods rejoiced. <laughs> the only time I had any performance issues at all was in the very last mission because there's simply so much going on. I think the system just couldn't handle it. And I'm on a base PS4. I'm not on a PS4 Pro. So I don't, even, I don't have any boost to the very old ps4 hardware and there were very very few loading screens i think the only time you ever saw them was when you loaded in the first time and if you died yep uh, that's exactly my experience i think i don't remember any other ones but i also i don't know there were some of those in the first one when you went inside places Mm -hmm. the transition into hideouts and stuff like that they definitely had loading screens they weren't like super super long I, i don't recall being annoyed by them it was like enough for like to go on twitter and like flick at least twice and then put your phone down that's been the biggest thing about next gen for me is that i can't keep my phone ready <laughs> that tweet that was like sorry i haven't responded to your text messages games don't have any loading screens anymore it's true <laughs> that's really how it is sony and microsoft have killed the phone industry apple is shaking for real <laughs> Um, but yeah, did, did you stutter at all? Did you get any frame drops? How was the performance overall for you? No, performance was totally smooth. I don't think I have a PS4 Pro. I think it's just regular PS4. I don't even remember running into any problems on the last boss. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. yeah, it was just smooth all around. I might have just been unlucky because it's definitely subjective. Uh, people have been complaining about Valhalla glitches all over the place, on xbox and saying it's running better on ps5 but i've had a butter smooth experience so far i honestly i don't even know what goes into making consoles run smooth nowadays teraflops (laughs) (laughs) i don't know either and i i still like i don't want a better console at this point i just want something to run stuff like i put off control this far because people say it just can't run and i see screenshots of it from ps4 and it looks fine I don't want to buy it and find out it doesn't work. Well, if you buy it on PS5, then you'll get the next-gen upgrade for free. Whereas <laughs> if you buy it on PS4, they'll say, fuck you. The other thing that was missing from this one, I think, um, is no Sinister Six. Correct. There's, I mean, you fight the Rhino at the start, and there's a few sort of supervillain-themed fights. And at first I was bummed that there wasn't just a non-stop barrage of supervillains. But after thinking about it for a while, those are very gimmicky fights that don't tie back to the general mechanics. Yep. Mm. And I'm not sure if I feel like it's a loss or not. Without spoiling for Cedric, who hasn't gotten there yet, (laughs) I actually thought that both of the final, or I should say all three of the final villain fights, um, I thought were really 
good. The variation was much larger on all of them explicitly because they were not mechanics um, that were foreign to the rest of the game. You actually were using the same types of attacks and things like that that you would otherwise. And so I, I also felt like they were much more emotional. Um, I was very emotionally invested in this story. I think just because personally, I care much more about Miles Morales because his story is closer <laughs> to my own. And, you know, that's just how the world works. And so uh, I was weeping during two of the three boss fights in particular. They were just hitting really hard for me um, emotionally. But I agree that the the techniques were not unique. They were part and parcel to the rest of the game. And I think the future should be a mix of those. I think those fights felt really organic and you could focus on what was being said, which was the important part. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the other ones where they're much more stylized and gimmicky, like you said, it's really just Peter Parker quipping the entire time. Like he's doing a stand-up routine and like camera angles, (laughs) (laughs) which there's nothing wrong with that. It's also Spider-Man. It's very fun to, to have those. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the next game is going to be a very back and forth GTA almost style game where you can choose which one you're going to play as and oh my uh, God. which one does which mission. So they're definitely going to do a Spider-Verse game next, right? And you can just switch between the Spider-Mans. They make a that joke is... in this game about a spider pig and a spider woman. Oh, and one of the visual things for your optic thing it can be like, it's like the pal zip, you know, like the Batman. Mm-hmm. They like say it's like, oh, look from into other dimensions or something. It's like a Spider-Verse. It comes with a Spider-Verse suit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were two things. There was the optics that let you see the damn pal, but they were like into the Spider-Verse. And then there was a suit. Did you try the suit that animates you like into the Spider-Verse? Yes. I wore it for half the game. I didn't put it on yet because I'm trying to be authentic. Which is like a mistake, obviously. I just need to put it on. But <laughs> Jordan, I have great news for you. I don't think you're experiencing technical issues. Oh. The way the Into the Spider-Verse suit works, it um it tries to make it look like that cool animation style from the movie. So it cuts out like half or more of your character's animation frames. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well damn. I got to the first holograph training fight wearing that suit, and I was like, oh shit, my PS4 is crashing. I guess PS4 <laughs> can't run this. No! <laughs> That's... And then I've changed suits. I guess it just did it a little too well, huh? I guess so. <laughs> well, now it I looks have to... amazing when you're with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try it out soon. Hey, I'll boot up the... Because I have to finish it now, so yeah. I'm furiously playing all day. I was I sat him down and I was like, you're okay. gonna be ready yeah, for this me. conversation. You better sit down and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of, I think a lot of like the mechanics that they implemented or like fixed from the first, they didn't okay. do the job. It oh, feels yeah. great. Like the fighting has definitely been improved. I don't feel like I'm like, oh wait, what move do I have this time? Or like you know, it, it, like, I feel like the last game almost got into like fighter game territory where you're like, oh, wait, how do you actually do this thing that is actually very helpful? It just feels a little bit more seamless. Yes. And the fights Definitely. feel better. 
I think that's because there's just fewer options for you. Mm. Like he seems more powerful in some ways. Um, and the gadgets are much more limited. There's way fewer mm-hmm. gadgets, um, mm-hmm. but he has a whole new move suite. Um, the venom punching, the invisibility, mm-hmm. those were just really interesting mechanics to use and, and play on. He somehow feels even faster and more agile than Peter did. Yeah. Did you experience I, that, Jen, or no? I need to like, do them back to back. It's possible it's just a combination of his models, multiple models, because you'll notice he actually changes uh, body type with some costumes. Huh. Are a lot more slender and wiry than Peter's. You're right. More animated. Yeah, if you switch between like the uh, Spider Verse inspired costumes and the uh, Marvel Spider Man inspired costumes, he gains like 15 pounds. It's weird. <laughs> You're totally and possibly right. a larger pelvis. And then I think they also just really, really tightened up point to point movement. Mm, yeah. So, like, when I'm when you zip line out right back into it, it feels a lot more responsive. And that definitely felt more, more agile. I also think there was a lot more native crowd control just because of the venom powers and what they could do. I mostly relied on suit powers for getting through the first Spider-Man. And if he was getting mobbed by a ton of enemies, I needed to trigger that suit power in order to, you know, help myself get out of that. Mm-hmm. But with Miles, it seems like I could just handle it myself. Venom powers were such a huge upgrade over suit powers. Yeah, absolutely. Infinitely more useful. Yeah. And not ridiculously powerful. Yeah. No, they definitely like do the job of like getting you. It, it helps reset the match as you're like, mm-hmm. you know, but not in like a way that you, like you said, isn't like too OP. That's no, good. It's good balancing. Like I think, through 95% of the first game, I used the web cyclone power. You know, the one where you just yep. jump in the air and jizz on everyone. Correct. And it just takes out the entire room. <laughs> that's the mo- that was that's OP. That was the best one. And it had a ridiculously long cooldown, but it would solve your problem as long as you weren't fighting a boss. And even right. sometimes when you're fighting a boss, <laughs> it, it webs up uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, with Venom, it refills quickly. It doesn't do lethal takedown except on the smaller goons, but it's useful against the tougher goons. I also like that it wasn't dependent on the same energy bar that you get your finishers off of because you were able to yes. chain the finishers and the Venom combos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything was just so much more fluid in a way. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they're going to buff Peter for the next game. Because no, other than sh- the gadgets. We're not playing as Peter the next game. <laughs> Spider-Gwen, Spider-Pig, Spider-Man Noir. That's it. No Peter. I'm done. We're done. Peter's, he's, he's done. Well, you know, I, you know who we might play as in the next game? Who did they tease in the first one that we never saw? In terms of villains? I mean, sometimes he's a villain. Who did they tease in the first? I don't recall. Venom. Oh, do- <laughs> Venom is so clearly coded to me in my, in my head incorrectly (laughs) as a villain that I, that was what I immediately thought you were talking about. But then when you said that, I was like, no, it can't be, it can't be uh, Venom, but yeah. Like, I think he's been mostly a good guy since the nineties for some inexplicable reason or since the two thousands. 
I'm really curious about where they go with that because I think this would be the first mainstream adaptation of Venom to really do that other than I'm assuming the Tom Holland movie has to be somewhere in the gray area. We still haven't seen it. You mean the Tom Hardy? <gasps> <laughs> Whatever. They're, they're that basically would be a very different name. movie. I mean, they basically have the same name, but like they don't look alike at all. Whatever. I still have They're to both name Tom. Whatever. I didn't see that. I didn't see Venom yet. Did you, Jen? Oh yeah, I saw it. I watch all the garbage movies. <laughs> <laughs> Was Venom portrayed as like a a gray area good guy, like antagonist, or he? Yes, he was mostly good guy. Tom Holland, Tom Hardy was a muckraker journalist trying to expose a government conspiracy. And that's what they did with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a journalist in the comics. Was he actually Eddie Brock or was he someone else? Yeah, he was Eddie Brock. Okay. Uh, okay. And so I think because they toned it down to PG, um, you didn't see him uh, eating a lot of brains. <laughs> if you know the character, you can get the sense that between the beats, when they're not showing blood splatter, he's probably eating brains. And Eddie's uncomfortable with that. Okay. Okay, so I'm wrong then. It's not going to be the first mainstream adaptation that, that takes that route. But like the last time I've seen uh, Venom as like a bro was in a video game. I think it was the ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Maximum carnage in the nineties. I think so. With a soundtrack by green jelly. That's a throwback. Well, I don't want to get too deep into that because I think it could be a potential spoiler. Um, however, the last thing that I wanted to definitely talk about was how dirty they did dirty. Harlem. I wanted to ask about that, actually, because they made a huge deal about how they wanted to give it a more of a neighborhood feel than the first game did. And I feel like they did create some sort of neighborhood feel. But I wanted to ask you two who lived in New York what you thought about that. I have some thoughts. When you're like swinging around, Harlem is like nothing. It's like the same size as it was in the first game. And I just feel like they just just compressed it and was like, that's Harlem. Which doesn't make sense to me. I think they should have not did that. But I will say... Um, when you are on the street, like when you uh, very early on in the game, you go to a rally for uh, Rio. You don't know your mom's name? Oh, my God. I don't. Oh, oh someone took my nerd card away from me. It's taken. I'm filing the paperwork right now. What is her name? Did I get it? Did I get it right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, she's running for office and she has a rally. And I'm like, wow, there's like music and dancing and people. You could just walk up to things and talk to people. And that felt really good. And then I I was watching you play and definitely more things happen on the street. Like when you use the the friendly neighborhood app to help out people. Mm -hmm. It's definitely more like street level stuff that wasn't really in the first game. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they both, they accomplished what they did and also still managed to do Harlem Dirty. That was one of the better parts of the game for me, the app and Spider-Man missions where you're just saving people because that is 
a Spider-Man. big part of what Spider-Man does that gets lost when we're throwing him into fights with Thanos and things like that. Like we lose the friendly, friendly neighborhood, neighborhood part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really loved how they did that. I am still in love with the deaf representation in the game. The fact that they mm, yes. had miles signing back um which slight spoiler for cedric who clearly hasn't gotten there yet no i did i did i saw oh you did okay i did i because I, I, I talked to her at the at the rally okay at the I rally, was, right i was you know i was for some odd reason i'm very this is not how i am usually i usually just plow through a story like in watch george legion i'm not stopping to read anything i'm not stopping to listen to anything i just give me the story give me the story let me shoot some people but for this one, I don't know, maybe just the world is just more inviting and so well done. Like walking around his house at the very beginning, I'm like, this is so well done. Yeah. I want to explore everything. Click I want the give me the details, man. So yes, I did I did talk to her. So it definitely gives you a grounding of community members, which is hugely paid off in the very mm-hmm. final mission, like at the end of the final mission, right before the credits roll again, we'll stay away from exactly what that is because it's a spoiler, but it's beautiful. I cried. It was so nice. So much crying. Um, there was a lot of crying. The, the story I thought was really good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Harlem itself. Um, if you look at a map of Manhattan in real life, mm-hmm. you will see that Harlem above central park is not, that small it's it's actually pretty <laughs> quite big. large um and, and it's not just harlem up there there's several neighborhoods up there uh i mean some of them are renamed because of white people moving there who don't want to live in harlem and so they decide to name it something else but that's beyond the point like harlem is still not the only neighborhood in upper manhattan and it kind of like erases all those other ones by homogenizing everything into harlem a and b it's just not that big and i was kind of expecting that they were gonna change the map um and that they were gonna enhance harlem and that much more of the game was gonna happen in harlem um not that a lot of the game didn't happen in harlem clearly it did but uh overall i I just I was kind of surprised they didn't take the opportunity to actually make it more representative of what Harlem looks like um, and not reinforce like lower Manhattan supremacy, which is very much a thing. Um, (laughs) All that said. I want to bring up uh, something as a question. What do you think they're going to do next? Because it was pointed out to me in a different podcast and is reinforced by what I just said, like a third game with the same map is going to feel perhaps a little stale. Uh, even if we're doing a bunch of new things, how are they going to iterate in order to keep the map fresh? Like, is it possible we're going to get a game where the Spider-Man's are not in New York? And is that perhaps a way that they're going to write miles Morales out so that he's, you know, not even in it. Like, what like, do you think they're going to do yeah, with yeah. that? If the Spider-Mans were far from home, you might say. <laughs> In a multiverse of madness. <laughs> Becoming war criminals. Uh, I have thoughts. Like, I'm honestly confused as to what they're going to do next at all. Because obviously they're going to make something else. This is going to be your Insomniac's Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of two minds about reusing the map. I agree it would have been nice to have it fleshed out in new ways. Especially with the focus on one specific neighborhood which they talked about and talked about talked about 
<laughs> but at the same time, with the, the Watchdog games, I remember I read something that was really depressing is they made these like high-fidelity high recreations of Chicago and San Francisco. Not one-to-one, -one, but still really good, accurate maps that people who live there would actually say, hey, look, I know that spot. That's right by my house. And then they made one game with each of them and never did anything with the assets again. Yeah. So in that mm -hmm. sense, it's kind of nice that they made this. It is sort of a scaled down Manhattan, but it's still a really cool Manhattan. And it's not just getting tossed out as soon as the game's over. But as for what's next, I don't know. Pete's still in, um, not Sokovia, fake Ministan. <laughs> so maybe maybe he and MJ's vacation gets interrupted. Maybe for some reason they have to go out to the West Coast for adventure stuff. Mm, that could be interesting. Maybe Miles goes back to Brooklyn or the from Brooklyn or Bronx. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. That would be exciting. That would be cool. So many options. There are some options there. Could you keep up the Twitter analog at all? No. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's very annoying to keep up with, but hidden in the pause menus, um, there's a Twitter for the NYC Wall Crawler app. Oh, they had this in the first one too. <laughs> you're talking about something in real. Life. Real? I was like, <laughs> I've stayed off. Either Twitter way, the answer is no. I didn't pay attention to it. It was it was mostly pretty mediocre. There were a few funny gags. Um, they did make make mistake that everyone in the app uses proper uh, punctuation and capitalization. Which have they ever been on Twitter? Big, big, big mistake. Really breaks the immersion, I think. I won't be visiting that. <laughs> but there was one post that just said, Hey, Spider-Man, how's come you never come to Jersey? We got buildings to swing off of. <laughs> Jersey does have buildings to swing off of. It was just the dumbest thing. And I thought, yeah, yeah. Someone would tweet that at Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> The Dirty Jersey expansion. We love our New Jersey listeners. <laughs> the armpit of America. Look, you know what? I just feel it's so easy as a New Yorker to make fun of New Jersey, and I won't. And I won't do it. My ancestors low hanging home fruit is in New Jersey. Oh, what? What? Your ancestral home was. That's it, where my grandfather's from. God damn. It. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess if anyone could talk shit about Jersey, it's you. That's correct. Also, very nice accent, Jen. On the, <laughs> <laughs> I believed it. I believed it. Okay. Last thing before we let you go. Okay. In the first game, we spent a lot of time talking about Peter's relationship and Spider-Man's relationship in general to the police and how that played oh. out in the game. God, how did we not get that yet? <laughs> We're saving the best for last year. Because it's better now. <laughs> <laughs> Other than his dad being a cop, I don't think that there was any cop commentary in this game at all. Oh, no, there was. Wait, really? He, yeah, he showed up at a couple active crime scenes at various points. And the cops wanted nothing to do with him. They yeah, him they're like, lost. go away, Spider-Man. We're doing a job here, man. We're shooting. That's the cops shooting people. You're right. 
Every yeah, I only experienced it once, but I was like, oh, these police are aggy. Which is probably an accurate portrayal. Anyway. And you know what? He was encouraged to run from the cops a bunch of times in the way that in the first game you definitely did not have to do. Mm-hmm. In the first game, like I said, it, we talked about support. They kind of tie back into his relationship with that one detective, which was significant in the comics and sort of the same way Batman's relationship with Jim Gordon is. Right. But the whole like him doing cop work, repairing cop surveillance technology <laughs> was utter nonsense. <laughs> this yeah. is a lot closer to the way it was for Peter Parker in the comics and the way I assume it is for Miles. I have read the comics as Miles became a thing. I mean, I I'm behind on my Miles reading, but I'm sure if the cops realized that there was a black person underneath that spider suit. <laughs> <laughs> Things would be a lot different. Literally, he literally has a stealth sequence where he has to use invisibility to sneak through and gather evidence on an active crime scene. Yeah, That's real. I'm forgetting this. I did see you play that one. Yeah. What I found interesting was that the app was essentially a way for them to get away from those surveillance tower things because mm-hmm. the reports of what crimes were going on was not coming from a surveillance system. It was just mm-hmm. coming from people who needed help and asked for it. And like, holy shit, what a 180 difference in, <laughs> in worldview yeah. from one game to another. Clearly, they are paying attention to what's going on and they did not want that smoke when they mm-hmm. can you imagine if they had made buddy cop miles like oh, my oh god. god i think there are a lot of shitty gamers who wouldn't care and didn't care about it in the first one mm-hmm. but one of my big memories from the first game one of those side missions that you unlock cop towers is central park one where peter rolls up on a lady who's doing some bird watching and he says hey you bird watching and she says yeah, I spotted some birds over there. And he says, okay, I'll go check the birds out. And he winds up stopping the crime for some reason. But it makes no sense whatsoever. It was the most ham-fisted, like, why did he stop? Why did police scanners find this? Why is he fighting <laughs> crime? What, what just happened? Yeah. The app makes it very organic. Even the one where, like, there's one point where he stops by for a selfie because he has spare time because someone's asked him for a selfie and then an adventure ensues. It works. It makes sense. Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. It's just such a better system. It's so much more creative. I understand that they really wanted Yuri Watanabe to be in the original game, that they want to turn her into some kind of supervillain. Like I get that. And also, <laughs> it was just so fucked up. Yeah, they, they really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's just night and day in this. Uh, and I was very happy to not have the burden of that, just like I was happy mm-hmm. to not have the burden of COVID. I'm watching so much <laughs> media that's being made in the COVID era that's all about COVID. It sucks. Oh, it's, it's just exhausting. Stay away from Valhalla, then I hear. Oh, God. What is the Black Plague in it? <laughs> no, apparently it has an erect COVID plot. I don't know the details. <laughs> I think it's in the real world thing. I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Christ. Ugh. Man, 
just fucking shit. I'm also watching Grey's Anatomy. Just, I was about to, yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Gray <laughs> Can we wait till it's done? Damn. Oh, oh. God. Grey's Anatomy is the one showing more seasons behind on than Supernatural. I don't know how that's physically possible. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good, though. You should definitely catch up. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun with that. Um, but yeah, I I I think that they were really committed to avoiding cop narratives in this one, uh, mm-hmm. kind of in the way that Legion gets around making cops the bad guys as having yeah. a, a paramilitary force invade and basically take over cops' jobs, so that you know it's not the cops doing all of the Fascism. bad things that they do actually in real life. I mean they did that in the first Spider-Man game too and I'm mm-hmm. ugh, I'm interested I I'm interested to see what Cyberpunk kind of does with it too cuz I it's like this this is really off topic but everyone I feel like a lot of the games are saying the way we police is bad not that policing is bad. So it's like here is this like third party group who's going to be the bad cops mm-hmm. and like we know that they're bad but they're not like I don't know it's just a seem it's just like a it just flattens I think the sort of uh, real issue. Yeah. And I find it very, both interesting and annoying that like all these games seem to have the same solution, which is put in a new paramilitary group and then they'll be the bad guys and they're doing the fascism. Yeah. So now we know that they're bad. Right. And I'll say like the Roxxon folks aren't even as fascist as the Sable people because mm-hmm. there aren't situations where they're like roughing up civilians and stuff and you got to stop it. They're really just out to get you because the plot involves you and yeah, not yeah. the people of Harlem. Um, like the, the actual villains plot is much more um, nefarious with regard to the citizenry. But um, I just, I loved they stepped away from it. I'm really interested to see how that continues or doesn't in the new game. Maybe they'll make it a point of conflict. Better not. Oh, you know, that, or that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Miles will be like, hey, you spent a lot of time uh, hanging out with the cops, huh, Peter? <laughs> what if Peter comes back and he's all pissed because Miles ruined his relationship with the cops? I had a good thing going here. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, Miles, we might not like the way they do things sometimes, but, you know, we have to work within the system to really change things. I'm Spider-Man. Those were web slings. <sighs> Easy thing for them to do next would be Spider-Gwen, set her in parallel universe, not Manhattan, like Manhattan, different map. I'm here for it. End it with everybody coming together and a Spider-Verse happens. Boom. Or not. We'll see. It could be good. Well, Jen, we've taken a lot of your time talking about Spider-Man. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss uh, while you had the mic? Uh, I am not really working on anything right now games-wise. I've had a bunch of personal projects kind of fizzle because this is the year of thinking you're going to accomplish stuff at home and not doing anything. I feel that. But I mentioned this uh, you guys, the other day, I just wanted to kind of shout out to an indie game that I've been playing recently, which is sucking up my life, called Spirit Fair. Oh, um, look at this that. Our last guest talked extensively about Spirit Fair. So now it's two people that, or three, really, because Enya also. These are three ringing endorsements. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear other people are talking about it. I need to listen to that episode because I haven't caught up yet. I'm sure whoever you had 
previously, said it much better than me, but Spirit Fair is a really good uh, farming collect club type. If you like the Stardew Valley, uh, Terraria, Don't Starve type thing, except without the survival mechanics. But novel to that, it's also sort of a spiritual hospice simulator where you're playing hospice to a bunch of spirits getting ready to move on to the next world. And they're all based on real people and it's charming and warm and also completely heartbreaking and i cry a lot when i play it so if you're looking for something different the triple a slog i recommend checking it out all right spirit fair has just it it just keeps moving up on the list more and more people talking about how great it is well thank you both for having me again Thank you for being here. We appreciate you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, talking more Spider-Man with us. Uh, and we'll just make this regular thing. Every time there's Spider-Man content. <laughs> You'll be our Spider-Man correspondent. The Spider-Man correspondent. <laughs> That's right. Sort of a worldwide web, if you will. That was good. Well, that was a show. That was a show. Thank you, Jen, for joining us. What a wonderful conversation. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. If you want more of Jen, uh, you can check out our show notes. We'll link to her Twitter profile. And she hangs out in the Discord. So you can always uh, chat with her in the Discord if you'd like. It's lit. It's very funny, this uh, the Cyberpunk channel right now, because it's all spoilers. And we have like a spoiler block. <laughs> So it's like if the if we were talking and just you know you just every last word very funny. I put some here to just you know to Great. thank to, you for just to illustrate that sonically how that would sound to you people on headphones. Got it. Um. <laughs> thank you for listening to the show this week. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, please tell a friend. Tell two. Tell as many gamer friends as you would like. As you have. As you have. Which is all of your friends because everybody loves games. Like, rate, comment, review on your platform of choice, whatever those words are. Subscribe is one of them. Subscribe. It's been a, it's been a few weeks. You know, I, I'm we moved. We did move. We did move. And if you really love the show, you can support it on Patreon. Shout out to our subscribers. Dirty, Abner, Emma, Enya, Sarah, and Cody. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you. And you will hear from your gamer friends in about a week, I guess. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta catch up. We're gonna get caught up. We're gonna get caught up. We always get caught up. Yeah, it was, it was the move. It was a move. Yes, we moved. And um, an update for those of you who listened to uh, two episodes ago, I guess. Um, our dog who had cancer did in fact succumb to his cancer. Uh, and so the move and that have just wiped us out, but we are going to get back on track according to our own schedule and not according to capitalism's schedule. That's right. That's right. Damn it. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you back here soon. Juices. Fuck you. (laughs) 